welcome everybody to True Exact Show. I'm here with Dan, Brian, and Eric, and our special guest today is Frack the Rapper, also a person. Got to throw that in there. How yeah, you doing, man? Good. Just want to uh, say thanks for coming on. Hope you're staying safe right now. I'm good, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling like a person again. I've been a rapper for the last month, so it's good to <laughs> humanity. You feel me? Now, before we get into your music, I have to explain how Frack and I kind of got in touch. So, and this is a true story, 100% true. So, after we interviewed Ilmac and Chase Moore, um, I delved into Frack's music um, and when he battled Thesaurus recently. So, I texted Brian. I was like, hey, the dude Frack, check out his music. We should try to get him on. So this had to be like July or August or, yeah. and, and Brian was like, yeah, definitely. Like let's message him eventually, like in a couple weeks or something. So we had our shark week. So we decided to delve into like, let's try aliens. All right, let's go into aliens. So I Google top alien scientist or something. And I get Dr. Fracknoy from Sam Fran, I want to say, some, some college a professor, that he commented on an alien report. It, it was me not doing that much research, just kind of right, just kind of like, oh, I guess he commented. So I emailed him, good afternoon, Dr. Fracknoy, we want to touch on some aliens, your thoughts on it. So he emails me back and says, this isn't my, um, like, uh, my, my, what's it called? Specialty. Specialty, yeah. yeah. This isn't my specialty. However, <laughs> I see you've had hip-hop artists on. My son is a hip-hop <laughs> artist named Frack. He does battles. He makes political cartoons. I could reach out to him. So I email your dad back, and I go, I'm pretty sure, like, we follow each other on Instagram or something, um, but we have reached out to him. So I messaged you, and you were like, this is fucking wild. My dad just told me this whole story. How did he tell you? Was he just like, these fucking idiots messaged me? <laughs> oh, well, my, see, the thing about my dad, right, is like, he, he has a guilt. He has a Jewish guilt that he hasn't been able to, uh, to serve me with nepotism in the, because he has no connections to the music world, you know? So he, he's always wanted to, you know, help my career, but he has no idea how because he's so removed from it. So as soon as he got an email from a hip-hop podcast, he's like, oh, this is it. I'm going to hook my son up. It's so funny. <laughs> my manager and, like, set me up on a play date with y'all. Fucking cracked me up. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Jewish people in the hip-hop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so disconnected, though, but that's an amazing story, bro. It's, it's so fucking crazy. Like, the odds of that are, are insane. And that's why, like, we'll get to the Diz battle. I'm actually glad he mentioned your dad was a scientist because I didn't want to, like, be like, huh, I wonder if he wants that known or whatever. But now that the cat's out of the bag, the story was fun to tell. So, Frack, before we get into your battle and stuff, like, uh, we always reach into that with the, the artists we have on, but I really like to delve into the past of you guys. I find it fascinating how you get into battling, how you decided to actually go onto stage. But first, how did you get into rap music in general, and, like, who were your influences? Man, it's, a, it's an interesting story, but, like, really, the I mean, I've always been, like, a fan of hip-hop. Um, I started like when I was like in seventh grade when I was like discovering the internet for the first time and I was like a huge fan of Kanye. I was on a site called KanyeTalk.com and it was just a bunch of like anonymous people on the internet talking about how cool Kanye was. And there was a little subsection called Creative Talk 
where a bunch of people would make music and like try our own hand at it. And there were all these dope ass kids making music on there. I was like 13, 14. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this shit myself. Making like the worst music ever, like terrible, like mm-hmm. overly conscious music that I had no idea what I was talking about. There was another 13 year old there on there called Ian Mackin, uh, who was also like, us two were like the laughing stocks of the Kanye talk community but we because we sound we our, our voices hadn't dropped our balls hadn't dropped we were still just terrible but we collaborated a lot and kind of kept hustling at it um and then this kid ian mackin started a collective when he was like maybe 15 asked me to be a part of it i was at the point i was like i can't do this like uh you know kanye talk thing anymore i gotta like make real friends and like you know <laughs> meet girls and stuff so i i, I did respectfully declined that collective went on to become Brock Hampton, which is like one of the most, the biggest, one of the biggest hip hop collectives in the world right now, like touring worldwide, playing Coachella and shit. And uh, a lot of those dudes are like OGs from that Kanye talk forum. So uh, the moral of the story is stay on the internet. <laughs> was it like a message board? Cause when we started um, rapping like in 03, 04, it was a battle forum. Like, it was a lot of text battling, mm-hmm. right? Is that yeah. what it kind of was? Yeah, it was like that, but not battling. It was like collaboration and, and making stuff. But then when I, once I kind of got off the internet, I started going to the, working with this organization called Youth Speaks, which was uh, just throwing a lot of, like, um, hip-hop and poetry slams and competitions for underserved youth around the Bay Area. And then I, when I was like 14, 15, I did the MC Olympics. It was their first little like MC competition and I won. And then uh, from then on, I would kind of like started actually rapping in real life and freestyling and, and, and doing stuff from there. And then I ended up working for Youth Speaks like years later, like throwing those same MC Olympics competition for kids all over the Bay Area. So it, it came full circle for me. That's really cool, man. How did your, uh, how'd your scientist dad take it when you said like you wanted to be, you know, you decided to pursue it? Yeah, I mean, my dad is like really more than a, like, he's not a doctor. He's like a, a, a teacher, you know what I mean? He's yeah, yeah. a teacher. So in many ways, like, I've, I always tell them this and he laughs, but in many ways, I feel like our careers aren't that different because he's just on on stage every day performing for people and like, you know, getting information across you know what i mean and that's really what music especially hip-hop is about like making a crowd laugh like emceeing you know freestyling thinking off the top of your head that's my dad does some of that in his astronomy lectures but you know my dad's always been like uh pretty supportive even though he may not understand it you know what i'm saying that's awesome man uh, i want to pass around dan you have anything yep. brian yeah when did you when did you know that you know, music was the thing that you really wanted to do. Like, when was that point? Like, let's say you were in like a competition or something like that, where like you may have like spit something and been like, this is what I got. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was that MC Olympics competition when I was 15. Cause it's like, you have this hobby that you practice at home in the mirror and shit. But then when like, you're there in like a, like a super like multicultural room and like they had like people like Zion I and Big Rich and like big Bay Area names as the judges and they're co-signing you and that translates to the real world I think in that moment I was like dude this is like the perfect art form to like express myself and pursue it you feel me mm-hmm. you, you now, I, read, I read online too that you did uh you did stand up too is that true? I, I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, it's a crazy place, man. Stay out. 
<laughs> hey, are, you guys, are you guys comedians? Uh, Brian. Stand up. Not professionally, but I like to make people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I consider myself a comedian, like, uh, with the skits. You know, I do a lot of skits. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, I'm always, like, thinking comically. And even these, like, rap cartoons have been, like, kind of, like, comedy writing. But I've I've, I've never tried stand-up before. Mm -hmm. I, I well, even, like, your videos and stuff have, like, that, like, kind of, like, sense of humor right. and stuff, too, which I really appreciate. I, I wanted to say that. Uh, Dan touched on it. I think that... And this is a compliment. I think you're like you'd be perfect uh, for like an SNL. Um, I really do. I think you and Roan have very unique personalities. Like I know Roan's on bar stools and does those skits yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like you guys, to me, are like the same type of personality. You're you're no matter what you guys do, it's entertainment to you first. Mm -hmm. You know, right. like you just want to go out there and entertain. So I really find that cool about your videos and stuff. And I want to touch on one of your videos, but before that, what change from 13 to 15 like you said you did the world the olympics at 15 but you were horrible at 13 like what changed in the two years the bar structures just the, the rhyming abilities yeah i mean i was still trash at 15 don't get it twisted okay. i just <laughs> less trash than everyone else in that competition <laughs> but i think yeah just like listen like also just like delving deep into rap music like when i was 13 I'm, I'm I was you know only like I was listening to like Kanye West like graduation you know what I mean like hip-hop history had already taken its course so in those two years I was able to travel back you know listen to like discover people like MF Doom and like Tribe Called Quest and like Wu-Tang and all that shit that like you know inspired me and pushed my pen in different ways you know what i'm saying and then just yeah just practicing like becoming a freestyler and and you know youth speaks gave me a community to meet people who were just like different than me and who had like different takes and like collaborating with different mcs like the bay is a very like dope multicultural place where you can just kind of meet all types of different kids and uh, that was also part of it you feel me no that's really cool mm -hmm. man with like the cartoons and stuff, like were you like involved with that back then, or is this like a newer thing that you're doing now? Uh, the cartoons are brand new. Yeah, I think okay. that's like I mean, Ilmac kind of started this genre of like rap cartoons, like Dog vs Cat, oh, yeah. Rip Mustard. Yeah. yeah, and then I was approached. Um, I was approached by my homie who's like writing this rap musical, uh, and he hit me up to help him like write it, and like he's also like we did like a cryptocurrency rap battle for like a, like we're basically we were just been like lice hired to do rap battles and one person really wanted us to to write rap battles about the election um and you know about and, and trying to kind of st strategically reach people in the center center right center left who like may not know where to vote and kind of like make cartoons about that and, and kind of like almost like the same way that Russians colluded for Trump, like do it the other way around. You feel me? So um, we got hit up by uh, people to do that. And I hit up Ilmac and Pass and Dot and a few other battle rappers to kind of hop on that and turn them into cartoons. And it was kind of history from there. I was going to say, because your background right now, I mean, all that artwork, I thought you were just like into that from the beginning, man. <laughs> oh, I'm actually like quarantining in my family friend's house. This isn't even my career. It does look pretty dope. <laughs> he just stole all the paintings from his friend and put them I'm gonna borrow these. I got a podcast. <laughs> hey, um, do you secretly wish? Just say no comment. Do you want? Do you secretly wish that you know who wins the election? Just so you got more funny cartoons <laughs> for the next four years. No comment. Honestly, 
honestly, like him getting COVID, I was like, all, all, the only thing that I felt was feelings of positivity. I guess so did he. Um, but like, <laughs> it was just like gonna be great. But you know, I don't know because I mean, obviously, no, I don't secretly wish it because it has such a terrible effect on so many people. But I'm, I'd be excited for him to lose and pivot to making fun of Biden and making fun of, um, you know, establishment Democrats. Cause I feel like we're just being so Trump biased. Like there's, we're not even like making fun of Biden and Kamala and this whole like Nancy right. Pelosi branch of the Democrats the way that we could, you know what I mean? I just hey, have to, even, take- even if Biden wins, you're going to get so much material from that. Yeah. Like yeah. you always, everybody's going to find something. There's never going to be a moment where it's like, wow, this guy is really like straight edge. I mean, you know, there'll always be something. And, and much, really much, not anymore. That you're, we're never going to have like a straight edge candidate ever. You can't after after all this. You're going to have two know, guys. If, Hello, who's the rock? How are you? This is boring. And then this is just proof that we are not right or left wing. No matter what people say about us yeah. as a podcast, we are down the fucking middle. You know, with all, full disclosure, we had some guy on. I love the guy V Scripts, and we talked about the protests. And, like, he, we had a great conversation. And then, like, he posted on his story, I was just on some right-wing podcast. And I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> yeah. what are you, how are we a right-wing podcast? Yeah. Like, right-wing we can laugh at it all. Make fun of Trump. Make fun of Biden. I don't give a fuck. The cartoons are funny. Regardless what you're doing, I enjoy them. How mm-hmm. did it feel to get retweeted by Judd Apatow, though? How the fuck did that, like? Wow. That yeah. was- well, first of all, I just want to say I really appreciate being featured on this white supremacist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're our first Jewish guest. Hey. <laughs> um, it was cool, man. It was cool. Like uh, a lot of eyes have seen it that I would never like. It's so like Ilmax Cat vs. Dog cartoons blew up in battle rap. You yeah. know. Machine about it, but this shit we've been making is so outside of that. Like the Lincoln Project and Judd Apatow, and like a bunch of like, yeah, celebrities that you would never think would have seen that. And yeah, I'm a super, I'm a super big fan of him. So it was, it was cool, you know, that his mind could see how our minds worked. You know what I mean? Like I, it's cool watching it through his eyes. You feel me? With how polarizing the world is now with politics, you know how it is. Did you get any comments back? Like, have you gotten any comments? Used to be a fan, man, but I'm done now. I'm battles, bro. Fucking yeah. snowflake. Did you get any of them? Low-key from both sides, which was right? amazing. Like, wow. I, I low-key got more from the left because really? Lincoln Project is kind of a center-right, like, kind of like Republicans against Trump, and they're who, like, posted it um, because we're trying to reach, like, people in the center. Right. You know what right. I mean? So um, they hit me up. I mean, my leftist friends hit me up like, how could you work with the Lincoln Project? Like, you know, they're just like, they're just trying to gain power for the right, like whatever, like blah, blah, blah. And then like all all my like Republican battle rap fans are like, yeah, you're fucking canceled, bro. Like, you don't like, (laughs) so it's just like, no matter what, it's going to piss off some people. And we, we went in knowing that and honestly made it better. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Like, can you imagine caring that much to, like, stop listening? You're a huge fan of Kanye, right? I'm sure you don't align with him at all politically. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, going back and not listening to, like, graduation because, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... 
stuff. He likes Trump now, so I don't like his awesome albums <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. I mean, it sucks, but you got to separate the two at some point, at least a little bit, man. Yeah. But um, really, really quick before we get into Battle Rap, Rick Moranis, buddy. What the hell? You made a song called Rick Moranis and the guy got punched in the face? That's the weirdest thing in 2020. Yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the weirdest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, it's, all, it's all album promo, man. I set that shit up, you know what I mean? <laughs> he paid the guy in New York. Yeah. This guy paid him this. Yeah, paid him in two hot dogs and a 40 to go beat him up. <laughs> Funny because Rick Moranis was not even, like, my first choice to name that song, but I just, like, because the song's about ghosting and like getting ghosted, being mm. a ghoster is kind of like about, you know, failed romantic relationships in many senses. And I, I thought about who to name that after and I eventually just landed on Rick Moranis because he was in Ghostbusters. But like, it's like mm. a super like vague connection. But I just have such a fan of the guy. I thought it'd be a funny and I want to like make merch of his face and shit. So when this shit happens, well, like, you oh, might God. have a bloody face now on a t-shirt. You might want to yeah. wait a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and when two people mutually ghost each other, that's Halloween. Go ahead and use that one. Oh, God. <laughs> don't, don't. I made that I, up one day, and I was like, that's creative. When could I ever use that? I don't know, podcast in front of a bunch of people that don't appreciate it. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> so that guy is not the stand-up guy at the other no. day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working out my material. <laughs> no, but I guess you're right. You went with Rick Moranis. A song called Dan Aykroyd just wouldn't have run <laughs> off the tongue at all. So why did you pick these songs like Macaulay Culkin, Rick Moranis, Judge Judy? Why do you go with this like style? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this album, I, 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 my last album I put out was called LimeWire 03. Yeah. I was uh, mm -hmm. happy with it, but I felt like it didn't have like a cohesiveness about it. Like I released big singles that kind of like I had a song called Draymond, which like did well. Um, like I got to play it during the Warriors game, which was really cool. That's the Warriors sick. final game. And I kind of like based my success off Draymond. I was like, okay, people like a song that's kind of tied to a personality. Um, and I was like, let me let me try this for a whole project and kind of not make it literal. Like Draymond was kind of like a literal song, but like Rick Moranis abstract, like Macaulay Culkin, Judge Judy's a song about judgmental people. Mm -hmm. Like I have a song called Aubrey Plaza about like liking women who are mean to you and like a song Chameleonaire, like about being a social chameleon. So like thinking of abstract ways to relate it to be with celebrities while also giving the project like a cohesion where you can relate every song to itself and the aesthetics and visuals can all be kind of tied together. You feel me? And after this podcast, keep in tune because when I Venmo frack money, there'll be a hidden track called Scott on the album. And he raps about some podcast hosts, you know? It's going to be a great time. Do celebrities coming soon. Yeah. Have, have, have any of them responded to you? Like, have any of them tweeted you or anything like thanks? Like, Judge Judy's like, big up, big up. <laughs> I, I honestly should have chose, like, more accessible celebrities so that could happen. But I'm hearing that I have a song on the album. There's an exclusive, but it's it's featuring uh, Zion I, who's like um, the person I'm releasing the album through, like big uh, big Bay Area icon. I'm a fan of, and we we made a song together called uh, Gilbert Godfrey. And um, I think I think someone knows Gilbert Godfrey, and he's going to be able to listen to the song and react to it. So that's I'm hyped yeah, that. that's gettable. I think that's gettable. Yeah. 
That's yeah. Think about it, get, them. get a sample of them first. Though. <laughs> fucking yeah. awesome. Hey, if we could get if we could get ubiquitous on this podcast, you could get Gilbert Godfrey on your fucking song. Never Man. say never, Frack. Never nope. say never. All right. How did you decide to veer into battling? Let's get into that. Yeah. Actually, it continues the story where we left it off. Cause so I did that Youth Speaks MC Olympics thing, and then eventually I went to like the National MC Olympics when I was like. 17 i think in uh yeah i think it was in berkeley or maybe it was in yeah i think it was in berkeley it happened to be in berkeley i also went to one in dc but the one in berkeley one of the hosts one of the judges was this dude jamie the wolf who um for the the deep battle rap fans know there's an event called tourette's without regrets in the bay area and it happens every first thursday in oakland in this big warehouse like 700 800 people come through um pre-covid and it's like this like circus burlesque fire like poetry comedy lesbian like gay culture black culture titties out like blood like it's a really weird wild oakland type show and at the end they have a freestyle rap battle so this dude jamie was like hey you're an amazing freestyler let's get you um, we'll sneak you into terrestrial regrets you're too young but we'll sneak you in so you can be in the freestyle battle so i went did that i was like scared i'd never done a battle before i was thought of myself more of as like a you know conscious rapper or whatever and then i did the battle and it was just like so fun i did this freestyle battle. i was like this shit is amazing it's not negative it's like you're building with someone and like creating this energy so i did freestyle battles for a while there maybe a year or two um, but i never thought i would do the written battles i was always a fan of the written battles because it's like i love that shit and i love like fucking words and rhymes and bars but I never thought I'd do it, but like Dirtbag Dan um, kind of like ended up going to Tourette's and we had a talk and he's like, you should do this shit. So one thing led to another. I tried out for his league and I like got randomly escalated in battle rap very quickly just based on the timing of when I joined. And yeah, that's how it was. It, so like, was there like a, something that like during like battle rap, like you said, it was like very like a big community with it and stuff. It wasn't anything like negative. Was there anything that like ever like hit you to the core where you're like, Oh, like that sucked to hear. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I I like, uh, (laughs) I say this, like I grew up going to fucking Jewish elementary school and like, that's where I like, we all roasted the shit out of each other. I feel like I, I gained tough skin there so like mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i ever got my feelings hurt in battle rap but i definitely feel like i got my like just people were so negative for no reason like mm-hmm. people just like fetishize being your enemy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we're just like i'm not your enemy we're just doing this like fun little like hobby together but like people like like ah oh, i have an enemy and you know like even like mentors and people you respect like off like turn things into like a negative dynamic where they mm-hmm. like they want to like hate on you and like see you as their enemy so they can beat you. And like that type of toxic energy is what I hate about battle rap. But for the most part, it's been pretty overwhelmingly positive. Like from like watching like yourself, like I'm very new to this. Like, yeah, he's on the show with us, but he, he's very new into rap and battle rap, which is why it's great to have him on like the introduction. Hi. So yeah. On, but like man. that's one thing like I noticed like with like your stuff like, it is it's like more like fun almost like you like like you could like tell that like with like your energy and stuff where like people like disaster or like all these other guys are just like 
they are yelling and you can just like tell like that like negative like it's like scary almost but like it just takes away from it. Dan scared easily. Ren Thomas I do. I Ren do. Thomas scared the shit out of Dan. Ren Thomas Dan, actually yeah. apologized him. Dan sounds like all my my Jewish parents' friends when they watch my back. <laughs> but but you're hundred percent right, bro, and I think I I've always come into this culture with like I want to take m- myself less seriously than this culture does rather than people who take this culture more seriously than people take them like disaster is a good example and like there's a bunch of people who are not as famous as disaster who are mini versions of him who have no reason to be that character of like tough guys but they think they are because they see disaster and they see these people they look up to and they mm-hmm. fucking come into battle rap and absolutely just shit the bed or like they yeah. just don't know how to be themselves you had a lot of that with iron solomon in the in the mid 2000s you had a lot of iron solomon clones who like tried to come in and do yeah. that like aggressive shit and it's just like it's not you just be your fucking yeah. self you know but you said like you you did the uh, regrets of Tourette's or sorry I'm, i might be mixing it up was there any battlers you grew up watching? Like, I've been a fan since, like, Jump Off, you know, in 06. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I love the West Coast League. I just – I always, like, gravitated towards, like, the the, the league in the West Coast satire. Where are you guys from, by the way? Jersey. Jersey. Jersey, Jersey. Yeah. You guys know that, that the King of the Dot event is in Jersey this weekend? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We actually just had a Lush One on. He's actually oh. – right now. Yeah, so – uh, yeah, he's there, but I don't know if like there's tickets or whatever. Plus, it's on Sunday during football. It's kind of no, tough. they 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 lock it up because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, we know there's in Jersey, but it's so hard to keep up. There's so many new fucking battlers, man. Like yeah. the older you get, it's half of the guys. It's I don't even know them, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, I wish it was just the vets that I, I grew up knowing. But that's on me for not keeping up. But was there anyone in the West Coast? You grew up like watching, yeah. whether it be dumbfounded or, or yeah. oh yeah, yeah. SoCon and dumbfounded were like just so authentically themselves. You know what I mean? And they and I, I love their characters. You know what I mean? And they were, you know, they weren't the best like rappers out of the whole league, but they just were just like I I would like chill with these guys, you know. And I kind of came in with that attitude. And then I went down the rabbit hole and discovered Thesaurus and Il Mac and became like bigger fans of like you know, the actual, like, people in battle rap, but, right. yeah. I mean, yeah, out there in the West, man, like, and it hurts being from the East Coast saying this, but, like, the West Coast was just monsters in, like, the mid-2000s, whether it's, like, fucking No Can Do, incredible. Oh, yeah, you, you had these, yo, you had these beasts, like, even the lower-level guys, like, um, I, I, I can't name, I remember the 07 League, like, even Lush and them out there, just amazing, so... Like you, you had a lot of shoes to fill, big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah. which is crazy because it's like in I want to say in like mainstream hip hop, it's like opposite almost, where the East is represented to be more lyrical than West Coast. But you go battle rap, and it's like East Coast can't hold shit against the West Coast. Yeah, that's interesting. That's I think it's because of the freestyle thing, like the West Coast freestyle gene. Like we just like it even today. It's like that's that like spontaneity of like wanting to like be in the moment and create something that like only can be like volcanically erupted in the moment. You can't like plan it. I think that's what the West coast is known for. But then, you know, I got into the East coast shit with like Lux and like goods and um, hollow and all these other dudes that I was like, I was blown away by them too, you know? And it took that intro through freestyle to realize like, Oh shit. Like 
the shit that they're doing lyrically with their pen is also crazy. You know, yeah, it's different. What's different, different, oh, sorry, definitely sorry. different. Definitely different styles. Definitely different styles. Man, go on there. What's like one of like your favorite like in the moment lines that you like you came up with? Oh, that's a good can question. I, can I guess? I think I think your favorite, your best line is the Christopher Columbus line versus the source. Word, but that's not in the moment. Like that's all. Oh, written, freestyle. You know? Okay, like yeah. In the moment, oh, I've had some good freestyle moments at Tourette's that are like will never be captured on camera. You know, um, one time I fell off stage and recovered, like in the middle of freestyle battle. <laughs> epic. Um, oh, one time I was like battling like, uh, it was a white girl and a black dude. Right. And we, it was like the, it was like the finals of the Tourette's like, um, MC battle. So whoever won this, like won the, won the dough and they were both coming at me. I was like, I said some shit like, uh, some, some down in the floor, like something dropped to the floor. The three of us look like a college brochure. Something That's like that in the crowd. Okay. <laughs> yeah, multi sin on that one too, man. All right. What's the, what's the feeling like before you go on to like a uh, like a bigger thing? Like even the the battle against disaster. Like what do you what are you feeling before that in that moment? Like fear. You know what I'm saying? Like like oh, really? honestly, honestly, like. Advice to all the future battle rappers: that If you have irritable bowel syndrome, don't do battle rap. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> so, for, so for so for the thirty five people who watch this, you heard <laughs> Frank and listen. Yeah. Out of those thirty five, a great deal have uh, irritable bowel. Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> one 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 viewer is like, oh man, <laughs> this guy gets. So, so Frank, like the way that like Scott was like describing it was like, it was like a one versus like a 16 seed. So like one versus being, eight, one, one verse eight, like basically. Okay. Master. Okay. Well, so like yeah. with like going into like a situation like that, like, like you were saying, like how are you, like you're scared. Are you just throwing like your best stuff, like not expecting to go into the next round. And like, if you did like, would you just be like screwed? Cause you spent everything on that first round. I love how you got into it, Dan. Good for you. You're the one who asked the disaster question. I was too scared to. So, yeah. disaster, if you're watching this, gonna. that's Dan. That's Dan. Go yeah. on, Frack. Right. I'm a number one seed. Diz would like that. But, yeah, no, Diz is definitely <laughs> the number one seed in the tournament. Um, I felt happy that he was my opponent, though. Like, I was not, like – I was shook because it's Diz, and he's a fucking monster, but mm. – I knew that, number one, it was a win-win because if I lose, I was supposed to lose. And if I win, it's a huge upset. Mm -hmm. And number two, I knew that I possessed certain things that diffuse his style. You know, like mm -hmm. my sarcasm, my wit, my yep. ability to even just my size. Like for him to pull all this tough guy shit on me while I'm screaming, like, while I'm here like, foul. You know what I mean? Like it just mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't look right. And I think... I, I knew I could play like the mental chess game and kind of strategically plan um, that underdog effect would work in my favor, I guess, in a mm, way okay. that I think a lot of these other people in the, in the tournament, they couldn't do because their style is also aggressive and you can't out aggression Diz, you know what I'm saying? So in a way it worked in my favor, I feel like you feel uh, like when Frank, I'm gonna let Brian. Yeah, I'm gonna let Brian mess say what he felt about the battle. Go on, Brian. Oh yeah, yo, when you pulled out the second piece of paper when he slapped the first one out of your hand, yo, I laughed so hard at that shit. 
that was so perfect. Like the planning of that and like how, and even how you're saying now, like, you know, you're not going to try to match him in his aggression. And that was perfect. Like personally, my opinion, and I'm sure you've heard it from a lot of people. Uh, you, you took two out of three rounds out of that. You won. Like I was, when I was watching the judges talk about who they thought won, I was like, I don't know what battle they're watching. I don't know what they saw, but, um, I thought you more than held your own in that. Like, and I'm talking about all your bars were hard, like everything perfectly delivered. And like, you were very focused on what you're trying to do. And you didn't, you didn't let him kind of lead you into a place where you're like, all right, I'm going to get aggressive now. Mm -hmm. Like you kept your cool the whole time. And that's to me, it uh, like, it could be about bars, but like for you to keep your cool in those situations, like, that's another big part of it, you know, because the whole battling aspect is also presentation too, like how you're entertaining people, like the whole uh, show of it, you know. We were actually live texting each other while the yeah. battle was happening, and Brian was like, "Yo, Frack won that round. He won that round." So like, it wasn't. It's not like we're just saying that now. I have the text to prove it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, 76 percent of people agree with you, so uh, I'm not surprised. Really. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you saying that, Brian. I definitely think, honestly, composure is not one of my strengths in battle rap. Like, there's been times where I feel like I've been sh uh, sh shook a little bit or, like, have been, like, kind of thrown off. And my my biggest, like, attitude going in was that I can't let this fool throw me off. Like, mm -hmm. this is not a fucking intimidating person. This is a six-foot-five lyrical miracle who's just going to be saying silly shit in my face and i and i just like i just i just in my brain framed it all as like this is silly this isn't intense you know what i mean and mm -hmm. i think that framing really helped me and i think like my defense and composure like you said really did like win me the battle and like my ability to kind of um pick at his scabs and like get under his skin and, and know what was going to tick him off that built to that graph slap. Like every, every mm -hmm. angle I took, everything I said in the face off the night before, everything was strategically done to get under his skin and piss him off to the point where I knew he could lose his cool in that moment. And it ended up paying off. You feel me? How mad would you have been if like the printer didn't work? where you were and like the graph didn't print out <laughs> like, would you have ran to like a friend's house and be like i need a printer right now yeah, I, I would have slap it. drawn it with crayons i needed that <laughs> i frag so, honestly when that battle before the night before i was on the phone with somebody who's well respected in the battle community in rap I won't say his name, maybe after we're recording. And I, te I, I said, I said, Frack's going to hold his own. The response was, Frack's going to lose every fucking round. I texted him after this battle. I said, you could say what you want. Frack did not get washed. And he goes, bro, he did so fucking good. It's so close. I don't know who won. I'll tell That's you the awesome. name afterwards. But, but it is a name you'll respect. That's awesome. So, Frack, like, so one thing that, like, you've been, like, blowing up, like, especially, like, like within, like, your area and stuff, like, what's really, like, kept you, like, grounded this entire time? And then, like, has, like, anything, like, really like, changed from all this? Damn, what's kept me grounded? I'm not a very grounded person. I'm a spacey-ass dude, you know what I mean? So I'm not really <laughs> grounded anyway. I think that um, having a girlfriend has helped to, to keep 
to keep my ego in check, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, other than that, <laughs> I've really been in the clouds, just still, just still kind of living in the high of after this. And, I mean, it really worked in my favor losing, in a sense, because um, mm-hmm. I have this album rollout to do on October 22nd, and I had these cartoons to write. So I honestly don't know if I had the capacity to, like, battle thesaurus again and, like, write for, like, and five more months of battles for a chance at 50K when I have, like, money on the table with these cartoons and my music. So mm-hmm. the fact that I got out and the whole culture, like, had this uproar and now, like, have my back and are, like, waiting for my next move, I think really worked in my favor. And it's, like, becoming the weirdest, most innovative album rollout ever. But um, I'm really excited about uh, the opportunities that are going to come from this. And, yeah, I think that was your question, right? So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. King, King of the Dot has definitely offered some really dope opportunities to promote my music on the Twitch stream, have my own show on Twitch, um, you know, big battles coming up after this tournament, I assume. But I think I'm going to take a little break from the battles and just focus on the music and see if this, like, overwhelming support post-Diz battle can, like, translate into, like, um, you know, good opportunities with the music. Yeah. The Doritos commercial. Yeah. Um, how, how did How did that happen? <laughs> um, randomly, man. They just had this competition. They're like, just make a commercial for Doritos and uh, the best ones get 10K and, and get to be on, on TV. And um, me and my home, I've kind of been trying to start a little music collective in LA with my homies, John the Link, super dope band. Um, you guys should check out. And we had been kind of doing videos um, where we like sample household objects and like make beats out of them. Like they did a whole quarantine one where they sampled like toilet paper and like medicine tablets and shit. Um, So we had kind of already been like visualizing doing videos like this where you sample an inanimate object and turn it into a beat. So it was kind of like a natural thing. Like, let's just do this for a bag of Doritos. And um it really, yeah, it was just like, it worked well. And uh, I was surprised we won, but it was definitely worth it. Did they have like parameters around that? Because I feel like Cool Ranch Doritos don't get the love that they deserve. <laughs> yeah, we should have done Cool Ranch. Love. <laughs> I don't, are you kidding me? Cool Ranch is the best. Yeah, that's the best one. It's nacho cheese or die, Dan. This is what we really should have done, a nacho cheese verse Cool Ranch rap. Yeah. Hey, there's still yeah, time. Awesome. Hey, ketchup and mustard. Go for the fucking Doritos. Hey, Doritos, hit me up. I need another 10K. <laughs> <laughs> They're, They're really not watching. New exact radio, so. They're not watching this. I appreciate it. <laughs> there's a Doritos CEO right now. It's my favorite podcast. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> Eric, were you going to ask a question? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's songs where obviously all of us, like, nine to five people are just on our way to work like fuck i really don't feel like doing this right now are there and when you go to a battle or you go to the studio you have to bring it a hundred percent how do you not feel those blues or are you excited every time when you're going or if you're not into it and i have to face disaster am i like how do i what are you shotgun red bulls like what do you (laughs) that's a really good question bro Honestly, I'm I'm so thankful I don't have to have a nine to five and that I like get to do something that I love. Like I really try not to take that for granted. And that really helps, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I love this. I do think if I were have to have to do this tournament month after month, a battle every month, I would have been fucking miserable and would have felt yeah. those blues because I can only do two battles a year at most, bro. This shit is like very, 
it's it's exhausting. It, it, it takes your whole body, mind, soul. You have to put everything into it. So battle rap, I, I don't do it for the love. I do it for the promotion of my music and my brand. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like that feeling of being in the ring and that adrenaline when you get something off and you kill it. Like that feeling is is like unmatched. Um, but yeah, when it's going, when I'm going to the studio or working on a skit or working on these cartoons, the only thing that's going in my mind is like how lucky I, how lucky am I that I get to do do this shit? Awesome. Yeah, it probably doesn't feel like work at all. Um, you know, it is. It's great. Not many people feel like that. That's pretty pretty lucky. Yeah. yeah. What's great though, what you said is you only do two a year. Pat Stay mentioned something like this. There'd be so many. There's so many battlers who would be legacies if they did less battles. Yeah. Like they just over. It's almost like when someone like M doesn't tour that much. So when he tours, holy shit, I gotta go see him. Like when you make yourself like um, what's it? High demand, low demand. What is it? Yeah, hard to get. You play hard to right, get. Right, right. So if you only battle twice a year, it's like I have to watch Pat Stay, Disaster, Frack, or whoever the hell it is. But if you battle every fucking month, and I like him, I'm just throwing out like a DNA. He has like a million battles. Yeah. It becomes like all right. Well, I can catch him next month. I can catch it next to your brand. And I get it because a lot of these fools want to be professional battle rappers. And in order to make a living from battle rap where you can feed your kids, you got to battle every right. weekend because what are you, you're getting like four racks and you just got to, you got to keep it going. And, and I, and I love their grind and I respect that, but you're, you're, you're washing, you're oversaturating your brand in a way that it'd be more beneficial for your brand in the long run to do, uh, to find another hustle, to do music, to do a podcast. You know, Geechee Gotti has like a podcast. Pat mm-hmm. Stay has his skits. Like to find another lane so the battles can feed into that and another stream of revenue. Because, yeah, if like imagine if I like beat Diz, right? And like every oh, everyone's like saying, you got robbed, you beat Diz. Like Frex, like amazing, blah, blah, blah. Then I get back in the fucking tournament and I take a bad L and I choke. All that fame goes down the toilet because they're uh-huh. like, oh, we don't fuck with Frack anymore. That was a one. That, he's a one-hit wonder, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Battle fans are fickle, so in order to maintain that like um, that like aura, you have to like only do things. And I and I've been criticized for this that I only take battles when I feel it's beneficial for me. When I feel like it's like uh, you know good for my brand, I'm like, hell yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that's definitely what I'm gonna do, and all battle rappers should do that because at the end of the day, this is your brand and image and you should take that shit serious. Right. Yeah, like, you, you know what? That's the majority of the time that's people criticizing who are not in your position. They couldn't even fathom it right. where they're in a position like what Eric was saying, where they're driving nine to five and they're like, fuck, I hate this job. And then they look at someone like you and you're like, nah, I'm not going to battle. How the fuck could he turn that down? Is he stupid? <laughs> like, nah, you don't get it. You're not in that spot. That was the biggest New York accent, Brian, you could have done. The stupid. Oh, fuck <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, Frack. Mr. B, Mr. B, big fan of the show. Frack, um, all right, uh, your, your new stuff coming out before we get to, like, our last segment, Gun to Your Head, unless they have any other questions. Um, What's your new stuff coming out? Promote your shit, the B-list celebrities. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, we just got an album release date. It's October 22nd. Um, I'm partnering up with, I was saying, Zion I, who's like a Bay Area icon. He has his own little label on Empire, which is a bigger label. So it's my first kind of like label release. Um, it's it's like, yeah, every song is named after a different B-list celebrity. We're going to drop it October 22nd, hopefully do like an album release party, socially distant on Twitch. So perform the album in totality. 
Um, but yeah, there's going to be a music video for every song. We have three music videos so far. The Chameleonaire one's going to drop during Disaster vs. Thesaurus stream. We're going to like premiere on that stream. That's and, fucking great. Yeah, and then, from then <laughs> on, we're going to drop a... We have a music video for Aubrey Plaza and then one for Fergie. And then we still got to do one for Gilbert Gottfried. But yeah, if y'all uh, if y'all want to follow me on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, it's just Frack and uh, at Frack the Person. Now, were there any B-list celebrities you had written on that someone had to correct you and be like, nah, that's an A-list celebrity? Yeah, like most of the ones on the album, honestly. But A-list celebrity is just not a hot mixtape name. It doesn't no. work out. No. No, Hold on, Frack. I got one more question. Go on, yeah. What is that small red vest in the background? That is adorable. The fire vest? This isn't my home, but let's let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it blows up when he rips. <laughs> the bookshelf moves. Yeah. It looks like a... Is that a Power Rangers vest? Oh. A Native American no. ensemble. I'm, wor- I'm worried this is some type of kink. I'm going to put it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Frack touching little children's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Frack, we like to do this thing at the end of our shows. It's called Gun to Your Head. It's like a would you rather this or that type thing. But we we like to take pride in there's a little word play involved. It's not just Coke or Pepsi type stuff, okay? And yeah. you pick a winner. So at the end of these, you pick, like, your favorite question. And we keep kind of a score on these, so there's a lot of pressure on you, all right? There's two questions okay. each. Are you ready? You nervous? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, Dan, you start this off. Go on. Okay. Would you rather have a lifetime supply of Cool Ranch Doritos or live on a Cool Ranch? That's interesting. Dan's getting better at these week by week. Yes. Hey, uh, to the CEO, to the CEO watching this from Doritos, I apologize. I don't want to be two faced, but I don't really fuck with Doritos. I did it for the 10K. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You're not to say all that, but <laughs> I love it. Imagine Eric is the CEO of Doritos. Speak really. So I'm gonna definitely take that cool ranch. That sounds lit. I'll definitely live on a cool ranch. I think. I think uh, there's just so many ways to envision a cool ranch. You know what I mean? I have yeah. my vision of it, so I'm down. All right. All right. And then for Halloween, would you rather be Frankenstein or Count Fracula? <laughs> ah, <laughs> my, yo, speaking of my pops, he told me that when he was in college, he had a show called DJ Fracula. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm going to go with that and respect his legacy. Solid. Right, I'll, go, uh, I'll go next. Now, Frack, would you rather star in Caddyshack or be Shaq's caddy? Mm. I'd rather be Shaq's caddy. I feel like I could – I feel like me and Shaq, if we got in a room together or a golf course together, we would hit it off and I could finesse – some collaborations with Shaq, maybe bring him back to the rap game. When was the last time he was in the rap game? He's a DJ, though. He's a yeah. DJ. He's a DJ. He's oh, a DJ. Okay. He's got a show. He's got. He does movies, ads. We could figure out something. We'll tag him in this, and he won't see it, but it's worth a shot. So, all right, last one from me. Would you rather own all your family's ties or own all the DVDs of Family Ties? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a bar. Thank you. Yeah. Worst, worst response. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, so joke's on you. That, that'd be him if he's in a battle, like in the crowd. <laughs> Thank you, guys. The crowd goes crazy. Performance <laughs> for the boy. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with my family's ties because my uh, my grandpa was like a worked in like the Amazon in Peru, like uh like you know, fucking up animals and shit. So I'm sure he had some crazy ties. And that'd be great too because you have control over all of them. Man, I really need a tie for the wedding. Yeah, it's gonna cost you a little bit. <laughs> Eric, you're up. All right, for one year. Would you rather get drunk from Sailor, Jer- Sailor Jerry's every night or have a pirate roommate named Jerry? I need to know more about this fool. Like, <laughs> He's a pirate. He's a legit He's a pirate. pirate. Like a Somali pirate? Arg and all that. And his name is Jerry and he needs a place to stay and he's your roommate. <laughs> but day to day, is he is he pirating or is he just kicking it? Uh, no, he's like, he's... I don't know. He's, he's just pillaging. He has a year off, and he's just—he's you know, got the boots <laughs> and claws and birds. He's just walking around your apartment, just like I don't know. Who would give him that? He's, he's on a pirate sabbatical. He's still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like COVID nineteen. We can't be too close together. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna be your roommate randomly. <laughs> yeah, you just think Jerry get seems home, nice. Get drunk yeah. off Sailor Jerry's every night. Every night, you got to get drunk off it every night for a year or live with Jerry the Pirate for a year. Wow. That's tough, man. I feel like drinking Sailor Jerry's every night would be terrible. Like, it would be unhealthy. We're trying to sleep in here. Is that your peg leg impression? Can you, like, make a drawing of this pirate if somehow that's possible? This is the longest one ever. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pick, Frank. You got to pick. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to live with the pirate. I, I fucked <laughs> that one. That sounds great. Uh, Eric, second that's one. That's awesome. Okay. Would you rather be the best person to ever freestyle or wear any style for free forever? You know, I'll say this. I feel like I'm like in the top 30 like freestylers in the world. Mm-hmm. If I were to like get any better, I don't think it would make too much of a difference in my life. You know what I mean? Like, like people who are really good at freestyling, it's almost like sad because like, I feel like I could easily dedicate my life to like being a good freestyler, but it's like, a, I think it's a shitty existence, you know? Like, the only thing you can do a freestyle battle or, like, freestyle online, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of, uh, what's the word? Or something that's kind of... Like like, gimmicky. It's gimmicky, you okay. know? It's gimmicky. And uh, I love freestyling, but if I were any better, I, and I would, I would, I love music way more. So I'm going to go with wearing any style for free because you could, you could just, yeah, you could wear anything. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Or Yeezys. Yeah. What a hell, hell of a four question. You got, and Brian's last, but you own your family's ties. You live at, you have any style for free, and now you live with a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> that Brian, is lit. Yeah, on a cool ranch. On a cool ranch, too. <laughs> <laughs> on a cool ranch. <laughs> Brian, add to right. his story. Go on. All right. It's like Mad Libs. 
Uh, would you rather be one in a million or always beat million to one odds? <laughs> Whoa. I need it. Wait. Be one in a million. When you say be one in a million, like be un- be unique? Be unique. Yeah, one in a million. Like just the, the phrase, one in a million. But when you say always be one in a million, like in everything. No, no, always beat million to one odds. No, but the first one was always oh. be one in a million. Yeah, would you rather be one in a million or always beat million to one odds? So, like, a special outstanding person or, like, a regular person? <laughs> you can talk all you want, bro. You can chalk yeah. this one up as an this L. <laughs> I think the second one's better. <laughs> so, but when you say always be one in a million, does that mean in everything you try you're hella unique or just you're just in general? One? Yeah, like all around in life. Every aspect. So of that means you can beat the odds. You're already going to beat the one in a million odds because you're already one in a million. Must say, you are you are the son of a scientist. You're like, <laughs> what is going on here? Brad, the best part before you got on, true story. Brian goes, I got gun your questions. No way, I'm gonna. No, leave. I said one. I said one of them. Right. I said the one might be shitty. Wait, so what? Wait, I have to decide who's were the shittiest at the end of this? No, no, no. <laughs> but you got to answer this one in a million questions. No, no, that road, though. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I agree with my boy Dan. I was going to say, nowhere in being one in a million does it imply that you don't beat one in a million odds. So I'm going to take the being one in a million and just hope that I beat the odds just by being lit. Positivity, okay. my man. Brian, you better save yourself on this right. one, man. <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> would you would you rather have to cheese grade your food every time you eat, or be a professional cheese grader? Like, uh, like, like grading how good cheese is. Yes. <laughs> like. I ruined it. Like, like you're like a cheese taster who who yeah. gives. Yes. Yes. Like oh, and monster, an A. I, I gave yeah. it like an, oh, yeah, that's what you mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question then, because um, that's my actual, like, backup career choice. Like, if this rap shit goes bad, I want to be, like, I want to, like, um, masquerade in, like, the cheese tasting world and, like, go around, like, I'm a huge fan of cheese. Hold on, is this true? That's, like, this is legit. You're saying? Sure? This is I true? Mean, it, it is, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I. I don't know if it's possible, but I. I love cheese. So, if what's I your have, favorite wow. cheese? Like, what's your go-to? Uh, my go-to? No, uh, probably. Go-to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably say Gouda. Gouda cheese. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Manchego, uh, Havarti, uh, uh, goat cheese. Mm-hmm. I think you and Dan. I think you and Dan would get along. I love cheese. I <laughs> freaking cheese. I'm down for some cheese. cheese. Just eating cheese. Fucking always eat some cheese. Might not be in the wrapping, but I love me some cheese. Yeah, the mozzarella stick is just stretching with the cheese between the two. Yeah, this is this is this is your this is how you're gonna get into hip hop, bro. Through cheese. You'll <laughs> be the um, cheesy but, rapper. All right. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going with the, the the grading of cheese. Professional cheese grater. Yeah. Okay. All right, Frack. So uh, hopefully we can eliminate Brian from this. Yeah, one. that was the longest. I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> no, no, fuck no, nah, dude. You asked my favorite question. You've made me think about cheese. No, You're wait, so you won? Wait, wait, so he won? Victory? Wait, so so I choose a winner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I choose a winner. Question. 
Not necessarily cheese related, but the best <laughs> question. Like pie another, another cheese related victory. <laughs> the best question or the person with yeah. the best questions? Person with the best questions, overall winner. Oh, wow. They were all terrible. Um, <laughs> we get that a lot. <laughs> Every time. Uh, you, you, everyone had one really bad one. Right. Which one stuck out? As being really bad? No, really good. It's the best of the worst. worst. Let's go for it. Best of the worst. Damn. I'm nervous. This is like the most intense this has been. Yeah. What, what, okay, the Sailor Jerry's question was bad. What was your other one? Was bad? I thought that was good. <laughs> oh, my other one was the freestyle one. I had the Sailor Jerry's. Oh, that was interesting. Okay. And I had the family it. ties and the caddy shack one. The caddy. And I had the Dracula one or the cool ranch one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. The, the, the Dracula. But I got you to say you lived with a pirate for a year. So I, I feel like that's kind of. No. I'm really selling them on it. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do the unthinkable. I'm going to give it to my boy, Brian. That's people, ridiculous. Pe- people that's slept on Brian. You know that's that? ridiculous. This uh, is under fucking protest. For the win. This is under protest. You go back. You watch the Sean Latham 20, she- 20 Hour Chef interview. There's a very similar cheese grating question. Very similar question. <laughs> You're challenging, you're challenging the call? This is under protest. Anyone who's watching. Just like yours. Just like yours, Frack, is under protest. Under fucking protest. You go back and you're watching to the Barstool $20 chef. Very odd point. Guy we interviewed. My question, the cheese grade, well, that is a very similar question. I refuse to give him the video. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Really appreciate it. I hope you had a yeah, good man. time, man. Yeah, this was fun, boys. Stay in touch. Follow me at Frack the Person. Good, good, good talking with all y'all.